sing a song for you that we sang Friday night and uh, even though it's new I think you're going to enjoy it
Amen. Well, happy Resurrection Day. He is risen. Amen. He's risen indeed. He is indeed. Now, we've had fun this morning so far, and it's going to continue as we worship the Lord. We're going to have all kinds of things happening this morning. We're going to partake of the Lord's Supper here in just a few minutes. And uh, God is going to do something special for you today. Expect God to do something special for you today. Hallelujah. I want to read you from John 20. This is Resurrection Day, and we're going to read the resurrection account. On the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb early while it was still dark and saw that the stone had been taken away from the tomb. Then she ran and came to Simon Peter and to the other disciple whom Jesus loved and said to them, They've taken away the Lord out of the tomb, and we do not know where they have laid him. Peter, therefore, went out and the other disciple and were going to the tomb. So they both ran together. The other disciple outran Peter and came to the tomb first. And he, stooping down and looking in, saw the linen clothes lying there. Yet he did not go in. Then Simon Peter came, following him, and went into the tomb. And he saw the linen clothes lying there and the handkerchief that had been around his head, not lying with the linen cloths, but folded together in a place by itself. There was no chaos. On the morning our Lord rose from the dead, it was just peace and it was victory. It wasn't all messed up and scattered around. He calmly folded up that linen cloth and just said, I'm free. Thank you, Jesus. That's what he wants to do in our lives today. He wants to tell you, you can be free today. Hallelujah. He goes on. He says, the other disciple who came to the tomb first went in also, and he saw and he believed. For as yet they didn't know the scripture, that he must rise again from the dead. The disciples went away to their homes. Mary stood outside the tomb weeping. And as she wept, she stood down and she looked into the tomb. She saw two angels in white setting, one at his head and the other at his feet, where the body of Jesus had lain. They said to her, he, he said, Woman, why are you weeping? She said to them, Because they have taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they have laid him. Now when she had said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there. She did not know it was Jesus. Jesus said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you seeking? And she, supposing him to be the gardener, said to him, Sir, if you've carried him away, tell me where you've laid him, and I will take him away. And Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned and said to him, Rabboni, which is to say, teacher. And Jesus said to her, Do not cling to me, for I have not yet ascended to my father, but I go to my brethren. And say to, go to my brethren and say to them, I am ascending to my father and your father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene came, told the disciples, she had seen the Lord, and he had spoken these things to her. Then the same day at evening, being the first day of the week, when the doors were shut, where the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews, Jesus came, stood in the midst, and said to them, Peace be with you. Thank you, Jesus. There's two things I just want to point out to you. Jesus is calling your name. And what he's saying is, peace be to you. 
and all the chaos and messed up stuff in the world right now, Jesus is speaking your name and he's saying, I'm speaking peace over you. Thank you, Jesus. And we celebrate the resurrection. It goes beyond just a day. It goes beyond just an idea or a mindset. This, this is a life. And if you don't know Jesus, today he's calling you by name. And if you'll respond, you'll see him, you'll recognize him, and you'll know what he was telling the, Mary to go tell the disciples. He said, go tell them I'm going to my father and your father, my God and your God. He's telling you that you can be connected to the Father just like He is. The Father you, is in you. Hallelujah. You are in Him. Thank you, Jesus. He is making you an offer that is like no other offer you can get anywhere in this world. That's right. No challenges at all. Nobody can offer you hope for eternity. Amen. Salvation and abundant life right now. Jesus is calling you by name today. Thank you, Jesus. He wants a response. He wants us to worship Him. He wants us to exalt Him, and He wants us to acknowledge yes. who He is. And so, thank Lord, today, I thank You that You are in this place, Lord. We worship You, and we exalt You, and we celebrate Your resurrection. Lord, I'm so glad that You're alive, and You're alive forevermore. And You want to live in our hearts so that we can also be alive forevermore. So today... Call each one of us by, by our name, Lord, so that we would hear clearly. And all the other things that distract us, all the things that glitter and glisten and shine, help us to put all those things aside and just tune into your voice, calling our name and saying, Peace, be still. Let's worship the Lord.
worthy of every breath we could ever breathe. We live for you. Oh, yeah. Jesus, your name above every other name. Jesus, the only one that could ever say, worthy of every breath we could ever breathe. We live for you. We live for you. Only there is no one like you. There is none beside you. Open up my eyes and wonder and show. heart and lead me in your love to those around me. I will build my life upon your love. It is a foundation. I will put my trust in you alone and I will Well, he has risen. Amen. Yeah. Praise God. Hallelujah. Well, now we're going to come into a time of communion. I know we just had a great meal, but we're going to get a, the, the most important meal. Amen. Amen. So, Lord, we just uh, thank you. Lord, I just pray that you would just uh, bless everyone. Lord, we just thank you that you are risen, that you are yes. the King of kings and yes. Lord of lords, that you reign in heaven. Hallelujah. And that, Lord, you're going to come back soon. Thank you, Jesus. And, Lord, we look forward to that day. Yes, sir. Amen. <laughs> Our table is open, so if you are a believer, you are welcome to come and partake. If you believe that Jesus is your Lord, you're welcome to come up. So as the band plays, come on up. Jesus Messiah 
partake of the bread and the wine to always remember him but he also gave two other commandments that night the first one was to love one another and so Lord we just come before you with this bread dear Lord that represents your body 
And Lord, we just pray, dear Lord, that your Holy Spirit would just fill us with your love for one another. That, Lord, you would just pour it out like fire like never before. That, Lord, our love would be so great that it would just spread not only throughout this church, but through our city, our county, Amen. our state, Hallelujah. and our country, Lord. Yes, sir. And eventually the whole world. Yes. That, Lord, everyone would come to know that you are the King of kings. Yes, and Lord of hallelujah. And so, Lord, we partake of this bread in remembrance of you. The second command that he gave them was to go and serve one another if you have love for one another you will serve one another and so whenever you see anyone in need help them help them out with whatever it is if somebody needs a meal give them a meal if somebody needs gas for their vehicle give them gas somebody just needs a friend to talk with be there for them our love is is and serving is what makes us who we are as christians so lord we come before you now with the cup lord represent your blood dear lord which was spilled on the cross for us Thank you, Jesus. that lord that it cleanses us Thank you, Jesus. and makes us white as snow Thank so that we can come before our Father and not have to worry about our past sins and everything that we've done because they have been cleansed and forgiven. Thank you, Jesus. So, Lord, we thank you you, as we partake of your blood. Let us worship.
I get lost in worship, you know. Man, it is so good to start worshiping the Lord. You can, you can be seated for a minute. So we've got some uh, special activities for the kids and everything. But before we dismiss, I just, can we just pray a little more? Yeah. 
And we just spend a little time in the presence of the Lord. So, Lord, we just want to rejoice over this day. We've, we've already invited you, and we've welcomed you, Lord, and we have worshipped you. And we want to continue to allow you to speak into each one of our hearts and lives. Lord, you are speaking to each one of us. You're calling each one of us by name. You're calling us out. And for some, you're calling us out of the darkness into the light. For some, you're calling us out of the, the obscurity and the anonymity of just sitting in a pew unnoticed. And you're saying it's time for you to get out on the field and start participating in the game of life. Yes. Some you're calling out of, out of a, a situation where we've stumbled and fallen and, and we've kind of lost our way, but you're calling us and saying, come get back on the right path. And the beauty of your calling, Lord, is that you stick out your hands and you say, I love you and I'm, I'm welcoming you. If it's the first time, if it's a return, if it's a straightening out, if it's a, if it's a time for you to say yes, whatever it is, the Lord is reaching out to you and he's calling you by name. And he's saying, just trust me. And you'll know that peace that I'm talking about. If you'll trust the Lord, that peace will come. You won't have to worry about if you're going to be smart enough or if you're going to be strong enough, if you're going to be good enough. You don't have to worry about any of those things. Thank you, Jesus. you just have to come. Yes. He called all of us yes. and asked us all to come. Thank you, Jesus. He came to his own. Lord, you came in your own people, the ones that you had called by your name for thousands of years. The leaders of those people rejected you. But to as many as received you, you gave the power to be the sons of God. Lord, you've called us. You've called us by name. And you've offered peace, joy, hope, and love. You've offered us life everlasting and life abundant right now. It's all in you, what you did on the cross. And it was all sealed when you came out of that grave on the third day, alive forevermore. Hallelujah. You sealed all of your provision in our lives, Lord. Hallelujah. I thank you for the offer of your love. Thank you. It's not based on our merits. It's not based on who we are. It's based on you. Thank you Jesus. Your love for us. Thank you, Jesus. So, Lord, just speak now to each person here. Breathe, Holy Spirit, life into each person here. Yes. Refreshing, encouragement, <clears throat> healing. I thank you for that, Lord. How marvelous. How wonderful is your love for me, Lord. That one verse says, for me, it was in the garden. He didn't shed tears for his own grief. 
but he sweat great drops of blood for ours. Lord, I thank you that you cared so much for us. You gave everything. And you want, you want us as we are. I thank you, Lord, that you don't, you don't expect us to clean our lives up or to fix all of our problems. You just want us. You want our hearts. You just want us to say yes. Help me, Lord, be willing to always give my yes to you. Every day, every hour, every moment, I want to be giving you my yes. I choose to serve you, Lord. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you for your presence here this morning. Thank you for the truth of your word, the truth of your life, Lord, that you are alive and well. And you live in us. In Jesus' name, amen.
Well, I want to share a message with you this morning. <clears throat> it's an Easter message that you might find a bit different, but uh, we've talked all about the fact that, uh, that Jesus is alive. We talked about his, his crucifixion Friday night. You know, I could read to you um, Isaiah 53, where he talks about how he was beaten beyond recognition. He was bruised for our iniquities, and the chastisement of our peace was upon him. And, you know, he was a man of sorrows. I, I could read all that to you. And every now and then, we need, we need to remind ourselves of what Jesus endured for us. But we need to also be reminding ourselves that he is not hanging on a cross anymore. He's not in the tomb anymore. He is alive and well, and he is a triumphant king, and he wants to rule and reign in our lives. And that's what we need to be thinking about and getting excited about. And the fact that he paid all those horrible debts that we couldn't pay. He took those beatings for you. He took that crown of thorns on his head for you. He did all that for you because he loved you. So we want to remember his great love for us, but we want to celebrate the whole thing, not just the death part. We want to celebrate his life just as well as the death. So this morning I want to share some things out of uh, some of the Old and some of the New Testament, but the title of my remarks today is Firstborn and First Fruit. Firstborn and First Fruit. And I'm going to talk to you about God's chosen people, Israel, and about the church, and about Jesus. And you're going to see when we're done that all three of those, in some sense, are firstborn and firstfruits. And it's important for us to understand what God has provided and done. And it's not, it's not just one simple little thing. I mean, it is a wealth of information. It is so much that you'll never comprehend it all in your entire lifetime for Israel in Exodus 4:22 God says then you shall say to Pharaoh thus says the Lord Israel is my son my firstborn so I say to you let my son go that he may serve me but if you refuse to let him go indeed I will kill your firstborn In Numbers 3, the Lord spoke to Moses saying, Now, behold, I myself have taken the Levites from among the children of Israel instead of every firstborn who opens the womb among the children of Israel. Therefore, the Levites shall be mine because all the firstborn are mine. On the day that I struck all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, I sanctified to myself all the firstborn in Israel both man and beast. They shall be mine. I am the Lord. Exodus 13. And it shall be when the Lord brings you into the land of the Canaanites as he swore to you and your fathers, and he gives it to you, that you shall set apart to the Lord all that open the womb, that is, every firstborn that comes from an animal which you have. The males shall be the Lord's. But every firstborn of a donkey you shall redeem with a lamb. If you will not redeem it, then you shall break its neck. And all the firstborn of man among your sons you shall redeem. So it shall be when your son asks you in time to come, saying, What is this? Then you shall say to him, 
By strength of hand, the Lord brought us out of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. And it came to pass when the Pharaoh was stubborn about letting us go, that the Lord killed all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both the firstborn of man and the firstborn of beasts. Therefore, I sacrificed to the Lord all males that opened the womb, but all the firstborn of my sons I redeemed. It shall be as a sign on your hand and as frontless between your eyes. For by strength of hand, the Lord brought us out of Egypt. Leviticus 23, 10. Speak to the children of Israel and say to them, When you come into the land which I give to you and reap its harvest, then you shall bring a sheaf of the firstfruits of your harvest to the priest, and he shall wave it before the Lord to be accepted on your behalf. On the day after the Sabbath, the priest shall wave it. Numbers 8, 11. And Aaron shall offer the Levites before the Lord like a wave offering from the children of Israel that they may perform the work of the Lord. So you're wondering maybe what does all that mean? Well, this is what I'm saying to you. That God chose Israel. He said, Israel is my firstborn. And then he said, and because I'm killing the firstborn of Pharaoh in Egypt, I'm going to use that very same thing. You are my firstborn, and I'm going to use that as a way to redeem you. So the firstborn in Egypt, you understand now that Egypt and Pharaoh is, it is speaking to us in the sense that that was a type of Satan and being in bondage and being bound in sin. And God is saying, I'm making a way to get you out of there and set you free. And it's got to do with firstborn. I'm going to take his firstborn and that's going to cause you to be set free. And then he says, I'm going to give my firstborn to redeem you. The firstborn, the first fruits, they, they really kind of mean the same thing, although it's used in a little different sense. But firstborn and first fruits. Now the church, in Hebrews 12, 23, to the general assembly, the church of the firstborn who are registered in heaven, to God, the judge of all, to the spirits of just men made perfect. The church is the, the firstborn of Jesus. We are, we are a, an assembly of those who are of Christ, the firstborn, and we are of him. So the church is also like Israel was. God is calling us his firstborn. We are, are not taking the place of Israel, but we are grafted in and become part of that whole promise. When God spoke to Abram and said, I'm going to do something special with you. I'm going to make this promise to you that your people, your seed is going to be like the sands of the sea and the stars of the sky and multitude. And there's going to be such a cool thing that's going to happen that you're not even going to understand it all. But he said, in you, all the earth is going to be blessed. And it's in us as God's body his firstborn, his church. That's how all the earth is blessed now. It's through his people. We are what people see. I was thinking about that. I never thought about it this morning until just this morning. But when, when Mary was at the tomb, 
that was that was so amazing because she was looking right at Jesus, didn't recognize him. But then when he spoke her name, all of a sudden she she could recognize him. And I think that's what happens with us. When when you are living in the light, when you're walking in the light, people look at you and they see Jesus. They recognize Jesus in you. She didn't recognize Jesus until, until that click when he said her name. And then something happened. It changed her. That's why we all need to have this experience where the Lord calls us by name. And we respond and we become connected. You don't just get changed for a minute. It's not just an Easter morning experience. It's not just something that you, you talk about on Sunday morning when you're in Sunday school. It's a life change. It happens to you. It is forever. It doesn't go away. It needs to be something that goes from now on, and you are constantly being changed. When he speaks your name and you say, yes, yeah, something needs to happen in your life. And if you're not walking in the light, if you're not seeing something happen, you better go back and listen for your name some more. You better start saying yes some more because something is supposed to happen in your life. He didn't save us just so we could be the same old person and just keep doing the same old stuff. He came to take us out of our sins and to change us so that we are different. We're not supposed to be like the world anymore. We're supposed to be different. We're supposed to be the light. I'm pretty convinced that Paul when he was writing in the New Testament, he understood so much more than the average person. I mean, he was a student of the Bible, and he knew all those old covenant promises and all the things that were in there. And I believe when he was talking about, in Romans 12, when he said, present yourselves as a living sacrifice, I think he was referring back to what, what God told Moses to do with the Levites. He said, you're supposed to take them, make them like a wave offering before the Lord. These are people. Make them a wave offering before the Lord. Let them be a living sacrifice to the Lord. And I'm going to take them as my firstborn. And that's what God is saying to us as his people now. As his church, his body, he wants us to be a living sacrifice. He wants us to be an offering to him, our lives. He doesn't just want your money. I mean, he's, he doesn't need your money. God owns it all. I mean, he didn't have to even print it like we do in this country. I mean, he just has it. The bank of heaven is not limited. It's not bankrupt. He doesn't need your money. So when I'm talking about offerings and sacrifices, I'm usually not talking about money. I'm talking about you. You need to be a living sacrifice, a living offering. You need to be a wave offering before the Lord. Something that happens when you say yes. He wants us to continue to offer ourselves, and not just one time. I, I can't stand the thought of someone coming to the altar, and praying a prayer, and then going their way as if nothing happened. It, it's supposed to change your life, and it will, but you have to give yourself to it, and you have to keep giving yourself. You've got you to gotta give yourself to the Lord. You don't just... Kind of do it one time and then you walk out and, you know, forget about it. I heard a story the other day about a guy who was, uh, he was, he was a, big, a big drinker. He was an Irishman. And he, he was trying to find a parking place and he couldn't find a parking place. And he said, God, if you'll just give me a parking place. Give me a parking place. I'll, I'll give up drinking. 
and music, you know, comes, the sun shines, parts the clouds, and here's this parking place. He said, oh, never mind, I found one. <laughs> you have to give yourself to the Lord and not just halfway or partially take it back. I mean, it's, it's the deal. It's the real deal. You give yourself to the Lord and you continue to give yourself to the Lord. 1 Corinthians 15, verse 46. However, the spiritual is not first but the natural, and afterward the spiritual. The first man was of the earth, made of dust. The second man is the Lord from heaven. As was the man of dust, so also are those who were made of dust. And as is the heavenly man, so also are those who are heavenly. And we have, been, or we have borne the image of the man of dust, and we shall also bear the image of the heavenly man. We are the firstborn, the first fruits. God chose Israel, and he's chosen you. He's called you by name, and he's saying to you this day, if you will say yes, or if you said yes, then understand that he is calling you his firstborn. He's saying you're part of something that's special in you. The whole earth is going to be blessed. We have what they're looking for, the light in the darkness, the hope in all the chaos, the peace when everybody is fearful and concerned about the future, the kind of peace that will keep your heart even when you're going through difficult times and challenges, the joy of the Lord that can be your strength when you're going through times where you can't figure out how you're going to make it. It doesn't it doesn't mean you have to understand everything. It just means that the Lord gives you the ability to walk through difficult times and to still have joy, to still have hope, to still have peace, to still be able to love. When people treat you bad, you can still love them. When people say ugly things to you, you can still keep your joy. When people threaten you, you can be at peace. God, God has provided everything we need. We limit him because sometimes we don't understand what he's provided. We think it's, it's well, that's only for the preachers. Or that's only for the people that are faith healers. Or that's only for the Bible scholars or, you know, whatever. It's for all of God's people. He didn't say, you know, I'm just doing it for a few. He said, I'm doing it for all. To as many as received him, to those he gave the power to become sons of God. And if you're a son, you're not just getting part, partial. You get the whole thing. The son of a king gets the kingdom. You get the right to be a son of a king, the heir. Jesus, now, Jesus is the firstborn, the first fruit. Obviously, he was Mary's firstborn. Luke 12 says that. He was the firstborn of Mary. John 3.16, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. He didn't have a bunch of begotten sons. He just had one. Jesus is the firstborn. And then Colossians 1.15 through 18, he is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation, the firstborn over all creation. For by him, all things were created that are in heaven and that are on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. 
All things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things, and in him all things consist. And he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he may have the preeminence. So Jesus Christ is the firstborn. He's the firstborn over creation. He's the firstborn of the dead. He's the firstborn of God. He is the firstborn of all of that. He created all things. He has power over all things. He has the preeminence over all things. And we are supposed to be like him. Supposed to be like him. That doesn't mean we're supposed to be proud because he wasn't proud. He was very humble. I mean, he submitted himself to humiliation, punishment, and death for your sins. He was humble, and yet he was the king of the universe. And we're supposed to be like him. We're supposed to be humble, and yet we're supposed to know who we are. We know that we are God's children. If you're God's children, there are certain rights and privileges you have as a child of the king. Child of the king doesn't go around begging. A child of the king doesn't assume he's going to have to do without things. A child of the king is assuming he's going to get the best of the best. That's what we ought to be thinking, that God wants to bless us. God wants to take care of us. God wants to provide for us. God wants to empower us to do his work. And that means that we can expect him to show up when we pray in his name. We can expect him to do things. When we ask, we can expect him to answer. We don't expect him to just give us a deaf ear. That's what, that's what Elijah you know, talked about in the prophets of Baal. He said, look, maybe, maybe Baal's asleep or maybe he's on vacation or maybe he's tired. Maybe he's gone deaf. He can't hear you. You don't serve a God that's that way. Your God is alive and well. He hears you. He is, he is tuned in to you. He is calling you by name. He's counting the hairs on your head. And he is tuned in to the cries of your heart. His eyes are on you. It's like a, like a parent at a playground. You got the little kid out there playing on the swings with a hundred other little kids. Some of them are behaved and some of them are wild brats. And, you know, your kid falls down and scratches his knee. and Your ear, whoop. That's my kid. I mean, you are tuned in to your kid. God is tuned in to you because we're his kids. He is tuned in to us. He has his ears and his eyes focused on us, and he is watching out for us for our good. And it's not just, he is not just up there taking a break. I mean, he is watching out for you 24-7. And if you know that and you believe that, then all the things that come at you in this life are not going to overwhelm you. They're not going to shock you. They're not going to freak you out and make you uh, panic. You may be concerned, but you're going to know that God is going to carry you through, just like he's done in the past. Our God is able to do that. Romans 8, 28 through 30. And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who were called according to his purpose, for whom he foreknew he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. That he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, 
Whom he predestined, these he also called. And whom he called, these he also justified. And whom he justified, these he also glorified. Jesus is the firstborn of many brethren. That's who we are. We're those brethren. He's the firstborn and we're his brethren. We're right there. Everything that Jesus has is available to us. Revelations 1.5 And Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead, and the ruler over the kings of the earth, to him who loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood. He's the firstborn from the dead. You know, all throughout history, there were people that, that died and were brought back to life. You know, Elijah uh, Elisha had miracles like that. Uh, but all of that was looking forward. Everything was looking forward. The power, the power that raised anyone from the dead ever comes from Jesus Christ because he's the firstborn of the dead. He's the firstfruits of, of those who were born again, those who were raised to life. Just like the blood of his sacrifice is the only thing that can take away sin, the power of his resurrection is the only thing that can bring life to us. No matter how many animals were killed and blood sprinkled and all that, it didn't forgive or take away sin. It just covered them. It was a temporary fix. It was all pointing toward what Christ would do. In the same way with the resurrection. Without Jesus' resurrection, we got nothing. I mean, the power of the gospel is in the resurrection. 1 Corinthians 15, 20 through 27. But now Christ is risen from the dead and has become the firstfruits of those who have fallen asleep. For since by man... Excuse me. For since by man came death, by man also came the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, even so in Christ all shall be made alive. But each one in his own order, Christ the firstfruits, and afterward those who are Christ at his coming. Then comes the end when he delivers the kingdom to God the Father when he puts an end to all rule and authority and power, for he must reign till he has put all enemies under his feet. And the last enemy that will be destroyed is death, for he has put all things under his feet. So Christ is the firstfruits of all those who are risen. And there's coming a day when all believers are going to rise just like Jesus did. We're going to come out of the ground. We're going to meet him in the air. I mean, it's going to be a grand and glorious time, and we're going to forever be with the Lord. And the older we get, the more we're looking towards that and saying, that sounds pretty good. It's looking better all the while. And I'm not, I'm not saying I want to go. Well, I do want to go, but I don't want to go right this minute. But I'm not afraid. I'm fine. If it's today... I'm ready. If it's tomorrow, I'm ready. If it's 20 years from now, I'm good. Whatever, you know, I, it is appointed a man wants to die and after that the judgment. 
That's just, that's the truth. So you're all going to die, young or old, you know. You might as well just accept it. There is an appointed day that you're going to go. And you don't know when it is, so you have to be ready. You don't know. You don't know when the Lord is coming. We don't know when we're going to die. So we have to be ready. And you have that choice. You can make the choice. And you don't want to wait until you're on your deathbed. You don't want to wait until your car is crashing off into the ditch. You know, that's cutting a little too close. You want to, you want to take care of that business. Because that you don't get a second chance. I mean, once you leave this life, it's it. And eternity is a really long time. Romans 8.16, the Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs. Heirs of God. Joint heirs with Christ. And if indeed we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified together. So we're children of God. The Holy Spirit bears witness to that and convinces us of that. Matter of fact, Paul talked about first fruits. He talked about the Spirit being a first fruit. He said it's, it's like a guarantee. It's like a down payment that the Holy Spirit is the promise. It's the guarantee, the down payment that you're going to be fully redeemed someday and that you're God's. It bears witness that we are his children. If we're his children, then we're his heirs. And if we're his heirs, that means we're joint heirs with Christ. We're brothers and sisters to Christ. I mean, think about that. Jesus is your brother. That means God is our father. That means all that's available to Jesus. When he walked as a man and he did miracles, he proclaimed the truth, all of that. It's available to us. We can do those same things. Matter of fact, he said, even greater things are you going to do because I go to the Father and I'm not going to go and leave you alone. I'm not going to leave you like an orphan. I'm going to send someone. It's going to be the comfort of the Holy Spirit. He's going to come. When he comes, he's going to fill you. He's going to give you all power. He's going to lead you into all truth. Matter of fact, I read just this morning in 1 John 2, it says it's, it's the Spirit. It's going to anoint you and he's going to teach you. And you will be able to teach and learn and know things because the Spirit is in you. There is a power that comes in the Holy Spirit that it, you're not going to get it anywhere else. And it makes the Word of God become alive. The Holy Spirit in your life, it changes everything. When I was a young Christian, before I was baptized in the Spirit, I'd read the Bible and it was like gibberish. I mean, I'd read it and it's like, I don't know what that's saying. Of course, I'd, I was probably reading the, you know, so-and-so begat so-and-so or something. I didn't know what I was doing. But after I got baptized in the Spirit and I began to read the Bible, I began to understand then. And it made sense. And all of a sudden, I began to understand that God was talking to me. And those stories, they weren't just stories. They were, they were things that were relating to my life. When I saw Jesus walk down the shore of Galilee and say, hey, you, come, follow me. I got it. I understood that he was calling me. And he said he wanted me to follow him. And he said, hey, I'm going to take you and change you, and you're not going to be the same old guy throwing the nets out in the water. You're going to be fishing for men from now on. And I understood that. And I began to go to school every day and talk to people about Jesus. And I began to drag him to church with me. And I mean, I was so excited. I was going after it with my whole heart because I understood that God was calling me. That something was supposed to be different in my life. We are heirs of God, joint heirs with Jesus. Philippians 3, verse 10, Paul says that I may know him, the power of his resurrection, 
the fellowship of his sufferings being conformed to his death. Now, first part of that we get all excited about. We want to know the power of his resurrection, but that suffering part and being conformed to his death, you know, not so much. I, you know, I'm not really quite as excited about that part. But the truth is, it's all of it. And you don't get to choose the good parts or the bad parts. When you sign up, you're signing up for all of it. When you say yes, if you're in the military, you don't just say yes for the good jobs. You say yes for crawling down the rat holes, you know. You say yes to, you know, running in front of the gunfire and all of it, parachuting behind enemy lines, whatever. And when we sign up and say, God, I'm going to serve you, you don't get to choose which assignments you say yes to. I mean, you, well, you can choose, but you need to be saying yes to him, not to just the thing that you want to do. Because if you just do what you want to do, you're not only going to miss out on the greatest part of life, which is being able to say, pleasing you pleases me. But if you don't say yes to all the things that the Lord is calling you to, you're going to miss out on that. And you're going to miss out on the power of his resurrection too. Because that's where the power comes in when you begin to yield and say yes. Jesus yielded to the Father, and he said, I'm willing to give my life. He said, I don't want to. Father, if it's possible, figure out another way. Let this cup pass from me. But when it's all said and done, your will be done. Jesus willingly submitted himself to that, and he also received the power of the resurrection because he made himself willing to suffer, willing to die. And when we do that, God will empower you to do things that are not possible in any other way. Some things you will not experience until you give of yourself. I believe there are some things that you'll never experience if you don't fast. If you've never fasted, you, know, you, you are missing out on a way that God can bring something about in your life that will happen in no other way. If you haven't spent some time in prayer... You know, now lay me down to sleep stuff. That's not going to cut it. If you want to experience the power of God, you need to spend a little time talking to God and let him talk to you. There, there are some things in life that you will never experience God's fullness and power unless you invest yourself a little bit. You don't earn it, but you've got to be part of the plan. Man, you can't just sit back and expect God to just zap you with all this power and things and you just be a stump. I mean, you need to be something that's alive, not a stump. If you sit out there like a stump in the pew every week, then you're not going to grow. You've got to be alive. You've got to be connected to something that's alive, connected to the roots, connected to the ground, the, the air and the, the moisture that's coming down. God is pouring out life on you. And if you're just sitting there as a dead stump, you're not going to grow. You have to give yourself to, to him and invest yourself a little bit. Begin to say, yes, Lord. Yes, I'll give up something. I'll sacrifice a little bit. I'll do without a meal. Maybe you can't do without a meal. Do without a special drink that you like. Do without a piece of chocolate that you like. Do without something. Do without a program you like. Just give up something and say, God, I'm willing to give up something for you because I want to know you more. I want to experience your power. I want to experience your love and, and, and all that you want to pour out of my life. I'm just I'm making myself available. Try it. 
you'll like it. Amen. Try it. And there's so many other things that we could talk about. I mean, there's a list you could go on and on. But just give yourself to the Lord. Give Him a chance to do something wonderful and miraculous and change you. But you've got to give yourself to Him. He's made all this stuff available to us. But we have to take advantage of it. He's given us all these great gifts. Everything we need in this life and the life to come. But you have to, you have to take it. The Lord, is, He is offering it to you. He's just offering it to you. Freely come and take. Matter of fact, Jesus says that he, he cried out and he said, Come, everyone who is thirsty, come and drink freely. And he said, Out of your belly, out of your innermost beings will flow livers of, rivers of living water. He wants us to experience all of that. But you have to come and you've got to take a drink. You've got to get started somewhere. If you don't know the Lord... Today can be the day. You can say, okay, today. Today is the day I'm going to say yes. I'm going to start the journey. If you know the Lord, but, you, but you've been kind of lackadaisical about your walk with the Lord, today can be a day where you say, look, I hear you calling my name, and today I'm saying yes again. I'm going to get myself back into, the, back into the, the path that's leading to life. I've been walking on the path of death a while, not working out so good, ready to get back on the right path been distracted. I've been going down the rabbit trails. I want to get back on the path. Maybe, maybe today is the day that God is calling you by name and saying, I've got a job for you to do. And maybe you've been thinking, well, not me. You know, I'm not smart enough. I'm too old. I'm too young. I'm too whatever. But today God is calling you and he's saying, today is the day. Today is the day of salvation. Today is the day that you would say yes. Today is the day that God wants you to understand that Jesus Christ is the firstborn. He is the first fruit. We are part of that. And he has called us and he wants us to offer ourselves like an offering to him every day, all day long, for the rest of your life. Sounds like a big deal, but the thing is, when you begin to do that, you're going to experience abundant life like you've never even dreamed imaginable. You're going to begin to have joy and peace and love. God's provision is going to be poured out in your life. And all things will be different in your life because you have given yourself to him. You look at what happened. Jesus gave himself. He suffered. He died. But he came out of the grave victorious. And that's what we're going to do. We give ourselves to him. There'll be some struggles along the way for sure, but you're going to be victorious. That's the end of all of this. We are going to triumph. We are going to win. There's coming a day. There's coming a day when it's all going to be, it's all going to be good. There won't be any more tears. There won't be any more sorrow. There won't be any more sickness. There's no more pain, no more suffering. It's going to be glory forevermore. And the way to get there is to get on board right now. You've got to jump in right now. Yes. Worship team, y'all come on back. We're going to be done early today. It's Easter. New life. So I'm excited about 
uh, the fact that God is calling you. So if you, if you don't know the Lord, today can be the day that you say yes. And so I want you to think about that. And as we, as we sing these, these last two songs, you're going to have an opportunity to, to give yourself to the Lord. And it's, it's real simple, but it is so powerful that you'll never be the same. So I'm just encouraging you, if you don't know the Lord, today is the day. You can come, someone will, will lead you in a prayer, they'll talk with you. If you've, maybe you've strayed away a little bit, and you, you know, you prayed a prayer sometime in your life, and you, you quit going to church, or you, you lost interest in the things of God, today can be a day where you get back on track again. Maybe you need a physical touch, maybe you're sick. Today is a day that God can speak life into you. Whatever you need, the Lord can touch you and heal you today. This is the day we celebrate new life. Amen. And today is a day that God's going to breathe new life into all of us. I've been praying that all week, and I'm convinced that God is going to do miracles today in this place. People are going to be healed. People are going to be set free. People are going to be saved. People are going to be changed. And it's not because of anything I've said or done. It's because God is God, and He wants you to be part of His program. Amen. He's calling you by name. So, Lord, we give this time to you now, and we invite you to come, speak. And if I'm a little bit harder here, and I ask that you speak a little louder, Lord. If I'm a little resistant, I ask that you cause me to have such conviction that I would be changed, Lord, that I would not resist. I would be compelled to give myself fully to you, not just today, but every day from this day forward. In Jesus' name, amen.
That's what I'm talking about right there. His kingdom come, his righteousness being revealed, and it all happens in your heart. It happens in you. And as it happens in you, and it happens in me, and it happens in everybody in this room, it begins to happen all around you. It begins to spread. There's power in the body of Christ as we begin to function and flow as the body of Christ. Thank so you, if you don't know Jesus, this is the last time I'm going to ask today. Today is the day. Some of you here, some of you here need to be thinking about that. Today is the day. It's real simple. You need to give yourself to the Lord. Don't go out of here without doing that today. I don't want to coerce you, but I don't want to give you an easy out either. When I was a young man, there were times there were times when I would sit in a service before I knew the Lord and I knew God was calling me and I would sit there and I would just grab that pew in front of me and my knuckles would be white and I was resisting for all I was worth. And you may be doing that same thing. I'm not going to give you an easy out, but I'll give you an easy in. Jesus has made it easy for you to come into his kingdom. Hallelujah. And he's inviting you. Come. If you need to know the Lord, come. If you need to get back on the right track, come. You need to come. You need to make a public confession. You need to come and let someone pray with you and lead you so you know you've got everything worked out and you're on the right track. Don't leave anything to chance. Let's worship. Oh!
shall soon dissolve like snow. The sun forbear to shine, but God who made me here below will be forever mine. Will be forever. Hallelujah. Lord, thank you that you have called us and that we are forever yours and you are forever mine. Lord, I thank you that we are in you and you are in us. And there is not anything that this world, not anything that the devil, not anything that any circumstance of life can do to separate me from the love of Christ. Hallelujah. I rejoice, Lord. That you have made a way, yes. a new and living way through the veil, your flesh, because of what you did on the cross. Thank and you, then <laughs> you came out of that grave. Ooh, yes. That power of the resurrection Hallelujah. lives and rules and reigns in our hearts as well. And your word says that same spirit dwells in me. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. That it will cause a quickening, a life giving yes. spirit to Thank come you, in me and quicken my mortal body and cause me to come alive. Thank you for that promise, Lord. I want to be alive. Not just right now, but I want to be alive forever. Hallelujah. I thank you, Lord. Pour your spirit on these folks now and bless them. Go with them. Give us a great week, Lord. And let us celebrate your life. You live forever and ever and ever. Hallelujah. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. And may the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and grant you his perfect peace. Thank you, Jesus. Go and be blessed. Walk in the light. Be the light. Be filled with his love in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you.